Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Trail Towns Radio with Paul Vanderplug and Dita Kastnis, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. Kia ora and now my hearty my key Trail Towns on SENZ right across both islands, that's north and south. And hello to everyone listening in Australia. Welcome to Trail Towns on SEN. I'm Dietz and this is Trail Towns with Vandy. We will be talking about bike tourism, discovering trail towns right across Australia and New Zealand and giving you a lowdown on where to have a bike holiday and heaps of cycling stuff thrown in. We chat to people who influence people and people that have changed the face of the bike industry as we know it, but not influencers, Vandy, because I'm not even sure what they do. No one does. (laughs) Well, before we start today... I think we should do an acknowledgement for country. What do you think, Vandy? Sounds good. We're just going to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we're on today, which is the land of the Wurundjeri people, of the Kulin Nations, and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. We're extremely privileged to ride and work on this land and extend our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. All right. And who are we? Well, Vandy... I, an obsessive cyclist, I've been riding mountain bikes since I can remember, but at the age of 18, I shot my foot with a shotgun, and when I was a model in the 80s, that meant I couldn't turn left. (laughs) Okay, Derek Zoolander, (laughs) you're not an ambi-turner. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a professional cyclist, and my favourite thing in the world is exploring new places and getting lost in nature. And together we host the hit TV series on SBS, Trail Towns. And now Trail Towns Radio on SEN. And we are having a lot of fun, aren't we, Vandy? This week's show, we're chatting to Troy DeHaas. Now, he's the manager of the legendary Cadell Evans, but he himself is a very fascinating person. And we'll be talking to Darren Rutherford, the boss of Giant Bikes Australia and New Zealand, and he's one of the first big wigs to believe in the Trail Towns dream. We'll also be discussing what is getting us vibed about our New Zealand season, our upcoming New Zealand season, Vandy. And we're going to be chatting to Jamo about some of his top tech tips, as always. I can't wait. So what have you been up to this week? Well, I, I had a fabulous weekend. It was the Cup weekend. And, you know, we, we, this last weekend, we, we it's the first time Melbourne's really had a break for a long time and I went away down to the beach with my partner Jane. I had this idea I was going to go and do the Bass Coast Rail Trail, which is a great idea and I got this amazing giant e-bike for her and I took everything down except her charger. So, <laughs> so the e-bike was essentially useless, but you got to go to the beach, which it was great weather, so oh, we fantastic. did. I, we rode from Hastings to Bowneroong along the beach track, that estuary sort of path that you know, and it's amazing. I highly recommend it to everyone. So good. And also a bit of an update for Warburton, which is an exciting new trail town development. There's been all this chat about the $11 million of funding that they've got or whatever the number is, but it's been under this sort of shroud of red tape and politics, but it looks like one step at a time, they're going to get the trails there. So I bought a house there. You, you liked it so much you bought it? 
<laughs> no, Chloe and I bought a little holiday house there, so it should be fantastic when the trails are there. We hear so much that it's going to be an incredible trail network. I just want them to build it, Fandy. But enough on Melbourne. We have listeners in Adelaide, so we called in our man on the ground, Evan James from Australian Cycling, and he's the Pathways Manager for Mountain Bike, and we asked him what's happening in Adelaide. Well, he did tell us some amazing gems. I also chatted to Joe Mullen, who's been part of Trail Towns for a while, and Joe concurred with Evan, and he said that Fox Creek is on its way back from being burnt terribly in 2019, rebuilding the trails, as they say, better and bigger, or rebuilding it better. I can't remember what their strap line is, but what they're doing is rebuilding a bunch of trails, and Fox Creek is opening incrementally. Yes, and... They have got this really good little bowl where they've got the coast and the town and then behind is all the Adelaide Hills for people not familiar with Adelaide. And in those hills is Eagle Mountain Bike Park where I've raced a number of national championships and national level mountain bike races. And it's it's really quite challenging and it's a bit of a strange surface. It's rocky, it's harsh, and it really tests the skills. So what Evan was saying is it's it's a really good place to develop skills for mountain biking and it's so close to town as well. And Joe actually took me on a ride with his crew from Adelaide and we did Eagle on the Hill and the whole of the Adelaide trails and we did Fox Creek just before the fires, not long before. And I just love riding in Adelaide. It is so, so, so good. And bike riding is booming, right, Vandy? Yes, it's um, pretty much impossible to get a start in a local Criterium road race on a weekly basis. They're completely sold out across all grades. And then mountain bike events are sold out. And they even had a women-specific mountain bike event a couple of weeks ago. And they had 100 women exclusively doing a gravity enduro race. It's an amazing city and amazing state. And we are going to go there and do an episode in season three or four for Trail Towers. Just wait and see on television. Bravery Trust, briefly, I'm up to 410 Ks. We need to get more people helping us, Vandy. Yes, please. If you have some spare cash, jump on and search Bravery Trek and Trail Towns and donate to us. We're trying to raise $20,000. Last week, I rode 173 kilometres in one day because I was lagging behind. And this week, it's been pretty bad weather, so it's been hard to get the kilometres ticking over. Well, we're going to do it, though. You wait and see. We're going to reach that goal if it's the last thing we do. Now, right after this, we're going to be chatting to our giant guest of the week, Troy DeHuss. Can't wait for that one, Vandy. Right after this. Let's do it. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. This is Trail Towns on SEN with Vandy and Dietz, and now we have our giant guest of the week, Troy DeHass. He is actually the international manager for Cadell Evans, who we had on the show. He's a world-class trail runner who medalled at the World Championships and through a Swiss billionaire became head of sports of BMC Racing Switzerland and he runs TDH Sports and Entertainment Ed- Agency. Welcome to the show, Troy. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Troy. Thanks for coming on to Trail Towns Radio, TDH Sports and Entertainment. Mind you, by the way, that was a pretty impressive bio just then, Troy. i got to <laughs> tell you, I'm feeling pretty ordinary right now, but I'm going to push through. Um, TDH Sports and Entertainment, what do you do? Good question. Um, basically, uh, it's an endurance sports marketing agency uh, out of Hong Kong, uh, which came off the back of me working in the sports or the, the endurance sports for a number of years. And 
seeing a, a massive opportunity for uh, endurance sports being cycling, uh, triathlon and, and the likes in Asia. Um, hence why we set up the offices there in, in Hong Kong. So today now we represent uh, in cycling guys like uh, Cadell Evans and, and George Hincapi, a, a number of the World Tour cycling teams um, that race the Tour de France and also organisations like the, the Tour de France itself, ASO. Uh, so we represent them in, in, in Asia Pacific uh, with sponsors and, and partnerships. Wow, what a what an interesting job. And we're all about <laughs> trail towns and cycle tourism. So tell us about what this job has provided for you in terms of traveling experiences or cool yeah. stories. Absolutely. Like, as you both know, um, cycling is a great vehicle for, you know, d- delivering a message and, and going out and exploring amazing places right around the world. And I came across that through through uh, one of the intros that you mentioned there was through BMC. So I was head of sport there in Switzerland for a number of years. Yeah. And uh, I was looking after a budget of about 30 million euros per year, uh, which included uh, the BMC racing team, which is a road racing team that did the Tour de France and had many, you know, of Australia's great riders racing there. And we, we spent a little bit of money on some, on, um, some a mountain bike racing team, which we had with, with Julian Absalon. And we also had a triathlon team, and we also had some ambassadors. But what I found was the actual ambassadors that we had, because they were they weren't uh, you know contracted to races and the, the likes, we could actually take them around the world to different places, and it got a bit of a momentum um, with with the, with the likes of Cadell, where we could go to these amazing locations right around the world, um, and through the through the use of cycling, explore some amazing places. So we met some amazing people, heads of state, um, you know, leaders. Um, and, wow. and, and went to some amazing locations in, in Asia, South, uh, South America, um, Africa. Crazy. So, yeah, it was good. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Troy, with the world opening up again, and obviously your background working with Cadell and others like George and Cappy, what are you seeing with the trail towns boom in cycling tourism? Sure. I know, for instance, I cannot wait to go to Switzerland where you work yep. and go ride mountain bikes in Zermatt and... Um, and, and go and just check out the Swiss Alps down near Interlaken, etc. These are places I just love, and I am so craving to go back there. What are you seeing in terms of that Trail Towns explosion of bicycle tourism? Yeah, sure. And it, it's it's not just here in Australia, but right around the world, as you can appreciate. Um, you know, cycling is a great vehicle to, to showcase countries. And, and you look at the Tour de France, it's essentially a three-week TV ad of France, um, you know, showing, showing off uh, all the different uh, sceneries there. And a lot of our clients that we've got today out of our office in Hong Kong are governments and tourism bodies which are requiring the talents of, of cyclists like these guys and, and, and putting on events now today to showcase their country, show they're open for business after the pandemic and everything that's gone down over the last two years. Um, they wanted to show that they're open for business again, they're investing in cycling, that the health and wellness, so right from a grassroots level right to the you know sort of elite level where, where they could actually you know use these names to you know sort of put themselves on the map and, and, and uh, create some positive um, content. So good. And one other cool thing that we researched was that through BMC, you made a partnership mm-hmm. with Red Bull Racing and it developed into yeah. some really cool stuff. It had stuff to do with Formula One and cycling sort of working together. Can you expand funny, on that? Funny combination, right? <laughs> like you think, you know, what, what do the two have, have in common? And uh, obviously, rather, as, you know, both being, you know, uh, in a fantastic sport, um, it came about from uh, a friend of mine that I had who was working at the Red Bull Formula One team. And, and basically, we, we organised to have 
the guys, the, the two drivers at the time, which were was Max Verstappen and, and Daniel Ricciardo, the Aussie right, uh, driver, yep. um, and their, their head engineers, they came over to BMC for the pre-season uh, one, one year, so back in February before the season kicks off with the race here in, in Melbourne being in March. Um, so we brought them to BMC. One, they were quite interested to sort of see from an engineering perspective how a bike designing and engineering, you know, sort of takes place. Um, but also, we have a velodrome um, at the at the head office of BMC, which was uh, again one of the, the benefits of working for a Swiss billionaire. Um, and basically, we, we we did a track day with them, so Max and, and and Daniel were there riding their bikes on on the track, as you can appreciate with a, a fixed wheel bike. It's quite you know daunting and on a big slope. Absolutely. And we had the engineers there as, as well, and this formed a natural relationship between and we um between bmc and and, and the red bull um, family itself because it was a great crossover because a lot of the technologies that formula one uses from carbon fibers to the paints and, and everything else that there was there was a lot of similarities and, and things that we could learn from them but also things that they could learn from the from the, the cycling industry so we formed a partnership at, uh, with the red bull advanced technologies which was their arm of their you know developing their r d um, and still to this day, there's a, there's a, um, a collaboration going on where they're you know, developing bikes and, and the, the guys have got the bikes at the racetracks as well because they're now today very fit, keeping fit, getting on the bikes. So, um, yeah, it was a natural sort of a, a relationship. Troy, with bikes, I'm wondering, having this tech partnership with Red Bull Racing yep. and that, that behemoth that is Formula One and the technology, how much further do you think, say, road cycling technology can go with the frames and the way carbon's laid up, et cetera, as compared to, say, mountain bikes? Because we're seeing in mountain bikes multiple yep. different categories, multiple different solutions to suspension, multiple sure. different uh, sort of ways of, 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 you know, of, of peeling that onion of, of a mountain bike, whereas road, even to the untrained eye, they kind of just all look the same now. What, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's quite interesting because um, on that day we actually did a we did the track ride. We after, afterwards we at the back of BMC there's a big mountain as well, so we did a, a mountain bike ride. Daniel, um, he actually he chickened out at the last minute, so Max got into it and he loved it and everything else. And there, there is some interesting things that come with the bike uh, and, and the crossover with with Formula One and things little, little minute changes. And BMC is one of those brands that are innovative, in, as in whether it's their mountain bikes, which are ridden by some of the, the best mountain bikers in the world, as you know, Vandy. Um, and then also, you know, the road guys that are riding the bikes. And it's, it's, there are little minute, they're one of the brands that are actually innovative in that they, they come up with new ideas. They have a big R&D lab there in Switzerland where they are testing a lot of things, whereas there are other bike brands which tend to just follow suit. So you'll see it Eurobike one year, then everyone's got it the next year. Um, and BMC is always one of those brands. As you just look at the old frames, and they've always thought outside the square. They've done things their own way, the Swiss way. It's not always the best looking and the most attractive, but um, innovation-wise, they are always market leaders. Whether it's you know creating you know rear suspension with elastomers and so forth there, where it's you know inbuilt into the frame. When uh, so there's there's some interesting little things there. But today, like you said, it is. Um, they're going a lot more now towards the direction of you know how they incorporate a lot of electronics and e stuff into the bike, digital yep. dis- displays and screens. Um, so, without giving too much away, there, there's there's definitely some, some some exciting things in the in the pipeline there. And and working with a a group like the Red Bull Formula One team helps to uh, you know sort of push forward and push boundaries outside of you know the cycling realm. 
Absolutely. And back on Trail Towns, because that's what this show yeah. is, is all about. Um, do, you have, um, do you have somewhere where you go with your family or mates that you, um, you really love traveling around? Yeah, I've obviously got a massive passion for, for cycling in some of the more remote locations and places that you, and I guess it comes from uh, the orienteering and the mountain running background that I came from in that um, I like to go to places off the beaten track. I've ridden, you know, all the, you know, big climbs in Europe before. So it's kind of to explore places where cycling hasn't, you know, sort of, you know, had the same sort of presence or, you know, same sort of vibe. So one of the most amazing ones I explored was in Taiwan, up as an island there, and it's called Taroko Gorge, and it's fantastic. Um, you'd think normally industrial, you know, Taiwan's a, a place where a lot of the bikes get manufactured and produced, and you think, you know, big factories, but there's actually some amazing scenery there some climbs and, and so forth and yeah wow um yeah so there's uh, uh, there's always and we, we get calls every day from different parts of the world you know where there's, there's opportunities uh, for, for new rides and they're wanting to put on events you know from vietnam to colombia to mexico so cycling is really now globalized as, as you can well appreciate whether it's on the mountain bikes or or road cycling it is indeed. And we have some rapid fire questions and you have now, to. This, 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 is the, this is our favourite bit of these interviews, Troy, because we put you on the spot and the play on words, Vandy, is rapid fire is, you know, the way they shift gears on our beautiful Shimano sponsors. Exactly. Is, yes. so it's, you see how we're CIC? doing there, Troy? Yeah, yeah. See what we did there? Electronic. Oh, well, it's, it's all rapid fire. So we're going to ask you some rapid fire questions you've got to answer. With one or the other of these options, your time starts now. So, mountain bike or trail running? Uh, trail running still. Daniel Ricciardo or Mark Webber? Ooh, uh, Mark Webber. <laughs> Do you prefer millionaires or billionaires? <laughs> <laughs> Billionaires, of course. Mm, didn't see that coming, Vandy. Okay. And in light of your your management of the wonderful and great friend of ours now, Vandy, Cadell mm, Evans, mm. I think we might be stretching it there a little bit. Mm. Do you prefer to be his global manager or his intergalactic manager? <laughs> Keep it intergalactic. There's probably oh. some more opportunities. Places that people haven't ridden their bikes before, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and then F1 or MotoGP? F1. I've never followed the sport before, but um, since you know working with these guys so closely and, and seeing their passion for cycling as well um, has been has been fantastic. So, yeah, definitely F1. This is the tricky one, the curly one, and I, I really don't know which way this one's going to go, Vandy. Switzerland or Hong Kong? Oof. Um, Switzerland, no, I, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's like living during, during COVID. It's very quiet. It's very, uh, it's very limited in what you get. Where Hong Kong's, it's, uh, it's the center of the globe and, you know, it's, it's where it's one of those world capitals and it's, it's going 24 hours a day, whether you love trail running or mountain biking to, um, you know, shopping or going out, it's, it's got everything within a, within a stone's throw. So good. I got to say, Hong Kong is one of my favourite cities in the world, along with London, Tokyo, um, Los Angeles, and Euroa, and Euro and Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, fantastic! Thanks so much for chatting to us. It's been super duper interesting. You're one interesting dude, and you can run a trail pretty well too, which is quite <laughs> impressive. Thank you so much. No.
thanks so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it and uh, re- uh, really enjoy listening to your show as well and, and seeing all the amazing places that you're, you're taking cycling to and kind of what we've been doing for a number of years now and, and I, I, I like uh, like what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, brother. We, we're, right, we're a wrap. Thank you. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. You're with Vandy and Dietz on SEN. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. You're with Bandy and Dietz, and this is Trail Towns on SEN. And now it's time, Bandy, for the Quadlock Topic of the Week. It is, and I love this part of the show. This week we're talking about the New Zealand series and what we're excited about, specifically in the North Island. I love the North Island of New Zealand. I've been there a couple of times, and I guess a lot of our listeners have been there in various sort of, I don't know, trips, sometimes business and whatnot. But I actually went over there to direct a filming job a little while ago and I got to go to the rural areas of the North Island and I was just gobsmacked at how beautiful New Zealand is. Yeah, and that's where we're going to go for season two of Trail Towns. New Zealand is actually the first place that I ever went overseas to race the World Championships in 2006. So I just was blown away by how green and lush the North Island is. It, it really is like there's, we, we know that the North Island is absolutely beautiful. I've experienced that what's happened in the subsequent years is these great trails have been built and trail towns have popped up. Mm. We could probably do three seasons of trail towns TV in the North Island alone, but we're going to do three episodes, aren't we? So what are the episodes, Andy? So we're what, just expanding on what you were saying there, there's 22 great rides in New Zealand. So to give you an idea, a great ride, I think it has to be of a significant length to make it into the great rides classification. So rail trails or bike paths or mountain traverses, they, some of them are previous walking tracks like the um, Queen Charlotte track and things like that. But what we're doing is we're flying into Auckland and Auckland itself is the biggest city in New Zealand, but it's it's also a really luscious access point to all these different areas just outside. And I think there's going to be a new great ride that we're going to be able to explore there as well as Waiheke Island before we go up into Northland. And Northland is quite extraordinary in terms of New Zealand because it goes from one coast, which is the Pacific, to the other coast, which is the Tasman. And it's actually, if, if you like, the crucible of New Zealand. It's it's uh, it's where it's where it all really began in New Zealand's history. Exactly, it's um, where they signed the treaty, and it's where there's just like really rich culture and all these experiences that we are going to try and unlock and show to the audience, so they can go and explore these magnificent places themselves, and then. Onto the Haraki Rail Trail and Rotorua. The Haraki Rail Trail is something which I can't wait for. So we start sort of south of Auckland, about 100 k's, and we go on this old railway line, which goes on this almost estuary kind of water birdie type, mm. very, very beautiful, beautiful natural environment. Past and the Coromandel Peninsula. Then we get into the mountains and then we go into some of the most beautiful gorges you've ever seen before we head on to Ro- Rotorua. <laughs> exactly. Right. And Rotorua, as I just mentioned before, is the first place I ever raced internationally and it is just a mountain biker's heaven. Like you get there 
and the, all the bike cafes are designed for parking your bike out the front and having a coffee or there's just this there's so many bike shops in the town it's just like this whole area and there's a gondola specifically to take you up and down at skyline in a mountain bike park so that's episode three we're going to talk about the other three episodes maybe next week but right now we have a very very special guest joining us right after this we're going to be chatting to the giant not guest of the week but the giant boss darren rutherford (laughs) right after this on Trail Towns with Vandy and Dietz on SEN and now we have an actual real giant guest of the week Darren Rutherford he's the boss of Giant Bicycles the biggest bike brand in Australia he's had a lifetime in the bike industry and he's just passionate about getting people on bikes he also has an order of Australia medal I call, I call that an ohm. An ohm. He has a, Darren, Darren has an ohm. <laughs> and he also worked with Dietz at Vic MTB, and he was the best salesman that Dietz has ever seen. Thanks for coming on, Ruddy. Big, long introduction. How are you guys? <laughs> yeah, D-Rudd, thank you so much for joining. It's actually true. We did work together at Vic MTB in really? the 90s, and I am honest, I've never seen a better salesman on a bike than you. I, I learned all my chops from you. Love it. Love it. I remember the day we um we dressed we all dressed up as Elvises for the sale. It was great. That's, that's right. I actually recounted that story yeah. last week and I met a girl and asked her out and then um, I terrified her on a mountain bike ride and she never spoke to me again. But that's a whole nother episode <laughs> right there. Darren, so, I mean, we've known each other for years, but I've never asked you this. How did you get into the bike industry? Yeah, so many, many moons ago, I actually left school and did a sign riding apprenticeship. Um, during During that time, I was pretty much riding a little bit of road and that was just sort of the start of mountain biking. And... There was a, a bicycle store just across the road from our, our our business, which was called Nary Cycles, which was owned by Richard King. And uh, I actually worked as a sign writer Monday to Friday, and then I would work with Richard uh, nine to one on Saturdays. So just sort of just generally serving people and and looking, you know, maybe going and getting the coffees and the lunch and stuff like that. But that was pretty much my entry. Uh, and then then post apprenticeship, it was really I sought. I sort of thought that was sort of a bit more my calling is that retail side of things. Yep. So that's when I started at Superstore. I worked at Superstore with, with Bill Abbott and the crew for about four years. Uh, and then that's actually where I met Dave Cooper um, and Graham and Frank, who, who started Giant in Australia and, and, and transitioned over to wholesale. And that was 27 years ago. Yeah. Amazing. You know, Darren, um, when Vanny and I came to you with the idea for trail towns, you were the first yeah. person to say that's a great idea, and we at Giant are going to support you. And and for a start, you, you know, for us, we were really flattered, and we thank you for that. But why did you see what we're doing is so exciting for Giant, and 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 why do you think it's ha- why do you think trail towns are, are a thing now? Yeah, look, I mean, I was I was, and I I am genuinely excited about it, and I think. Probably a, a little bit of that was um, that you know, we can get too performance focused at times, um, too lycra focused um, in the industry, you know, and, and it's all about world tour and, and, and podiums as opposed to people. 
And I think what what happens with trail towns is that it shows people that you know um, you know that riding a bicycle can be such a, a such a great part of their life. You know, um, you know if I look at that old school, um, you know, back in the day, people would go away on vacations and they would take a couple of rusty bicycles with them. Um, but I actually think the, flip, the, the script's really been flipped on that now where the destination um, is dictated by the, the cycling or the trails. Yep. So they're actually, you know, they're actually, you know, you've got these um, people that are, it might be, um, you know, retirees, they could be, you know, family people, they're saying, this is something we can do all together, um, husband and wife, partners, you know, the whole family can do, and they can actually, you know, go away and have a holiday and do something all together, you know. Um, I think it's it's amazing if you look at what's happening in, in Tasmania at the moment, where, you know, you, you, you pull into Devonport and all the hire cars have got roof racks on them now, or access for, you know, um, racks on the back with the tow balls. So I, I think if you look at what's happening there, if you have a look at what's happening in major trials all, all around the country, you know, it's it's really exciting that, that bicycles are, are more part of people's everyday life, which is great. Um, Darren, you yourself would know better than anyone the journey of e-mountain bikes and e-bikes in general mm. is a mm. seismic change in the industry. How big a change do you see it and where do you see it going? It, it's phenomenal. Um, I think a few years ago when I started seeing the development um, at Giant, I actually originally thought it was all going to be about commuting and, and that, that what it would do, it would just basically benefit people, get more people riding to work because, you know, it, let's face it, it takes the hills out of a ride, it takes the sweat out of a ride, um, and it takes the headwind out of a ride as well. So all of a sudden people will jump on their bikes, ride to work, and it doesn't matter what, you, you could be wearing a three-piece suit and you can get to work um, pretty much sweat-free. Yeah. But, but really where, where we've seen that massive growth and where I believe the most potential is, is in that e-mountain bike um, segment where, you know, let's just say guy or girl, um, you know, you, you, e, you mountain bike a couple of times a month, um, if you go out to the Yangs or if you go to Derby, there are only you know certain amount of climbs that you can do and feel fresh at the top. So on your e-bike, you can still get a decent workout getting to the top, but enjoy the downhills um, more. But also you can ride longer and you can ride further. So it just expands the experience. Oh, yeah. I, I think that pretty much soon, uh, over the next few years, Literally, you won't be able to tell the, the difference between uh, an e-mountain bike and what we'll call a, an analog or a, or a pedal bike anymore. <laughs> um, and, and that's a really good thing because it gives consumers a choice of do they want um, that, that added support of the electric bike or do they want to go it on their own? I think, I think that it's also a great leveler too because... Um, my um, just-turned-70-year-old um, father-in-law, Phil, down in Tassie, you know, we have a traditional um, Boxing Day ride where we ride together. Um, Wild Mersey has just opened up. We did a loop um, last year. It was about 52, 53 kilometres. We rode together. We rode the climbs together. 
the downhill together, and and it's just so enjoyable. And then you finish up um, down the bottom, jump in the river, um, have a bit of lunch, and it's a pretty good day out. And you've still had a bit of a sweat, you know. Oh, absolutely. Sold me, Darren. Sold me. <laughs> no, Wild, Wild <laughs> yeah. Mercy's fantastic. I rode there with Chloe in July. Yeah. Um, that's Great all track. we've got time for, Darren. Unfortunately, we could chat about bike and the bike industry forever. I want to keep chatting to Darren. Darren. <laughs> you're, you're fun to chat. Oh, that's right. We used to do this every Saturday. <laughs> oh, look, thank you so much, Darren. It's, it's just lovely chatting to you, mate. Good to talk to you, boys, and um, hopefully we'll catch up soon for, for a burger and a beer. We certainly will. And after the break, we're going to be on the road with Nissan, and we're going to be chatting about the amazing Murrumbidgee Mountains episode, part two, Vandy. Let's do it. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. This is Trail Towns with Vandy and Dietz, and now it's time for On the Road with Nissan. And it's the Murrumbidgee to the Mountains episode part two. And this episode, we actually gave the X Trail an absolute caning because we did a lot of Ks in it for this episode. And uh, what a part of the world, as soon as we crossed that upper Murray, yeah. it was. Yeah, and it was um, it was a bit of a funny one because there was the disconnect, as we mentioned last week, because... We filmed the first two-thirds of the episode and then the final third or whatever it was, we had to come back and film months later because of COVID restrictions. So I'd actually forgot to cut my hair and also I'd forgotten the wardrobe that I was wearing on what was meant to be the day that we finished the filming. And there was I, w- I was completely, oh, yeah, that's right. I had to wear a hat to pretend that I had to pretend. That's right. <laughs> I was wearing a hat and we were reciting the man from Snowy River in the first scene. And so it was a soft fade in that scene. I was wearing a hat and also I just pretend I didn't have a full beard instead of <laughs> what the last scene was. But Koryong is a bit of a it's a bit of a remote trail town but it's developing they've got a new rail trail coming in they've already got the high country rail trail which goes from Shelley to Tulangata and then on to Albury Wodonga area but they're extending it from Shelley all the way to Koryong and I've done some riding around Koryong and it's beautiful it was ravaged by the bushfires in 2019 2020 but all of the dirt roads out there and all of the people out there are so lovely. So we get into the main street of Koryong and you and I do a walk around and the first thing we see where our jaws drop. And if you watch the episode, you see me do the hat flip. It's the Bakash Emporium. And this place is a, it's a time capsule building from the fifties. A haberdashery. It was a haberdashery, right? <laughs> and, a, and, and a drapery. And, and you walk into this place and it is a treasure trove of, um, I guess collectibles, bra- uh, nick, you know, what are they called, bric-a-brac or whatever. Knickknacks, all nick-nacks, sorts but of it, antiques. But it was some stuff in there. It was just gold, and we just didn't have room for any of it. I wanted to pack the whole van. So the Bakash Emporium is a is a definite <laughs> trail town behind the seas tip. You've got to get into there. But then from there, we go into Tulangana, but then the real gem is in the Mita Mita area, and we get up into the Mita Valley, and there's a Ripper Brewery, and a really, really excellent pub. Yeah, and but before you go, Tulangata is the town that was moved. So they flooded Lake Hume, moved the whole town, and when the lake's low, which is when we're there, you can actually see the foundations of the old town yes. on the on the lake bed. Now there's an event coming up. Let's talk yes. about that. Big Hill Events is doing the Mitta Valley Gravel Unravel, and it's on the weekend of the 13th and 14th of November. If you want an adventure... 
go and enter. You can go and camp. There's little accommodation options up there, but you can have an awesome weekend in Champagne Gravel. And the Mitta Brewery has to be mentioned. What 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 wonderful drop they produced. The the moment for me was when you and I were out flying drones. Were you you were with me with yes. the bird? Well, yeah, you and I, I can't remember. There's so many drone shots, so many mornings, right? <laughs> we had a, a hawk or an eagle, I don't know what it was, chasing our drone for literally a minute right on the drone, trying to hack us out of the sky with its beak. And if you watch the show, you can see a, a hawk right on the drone and it followed us all the way down until we, until we landed. I thought I was going to lose the drone again. Well, it looked actually like CGI. Yeah. Like the shot was so surreal and it's it's nestled in the show. So if you go and rewatch the Murrumbidgee to the Mountains episode, take note of that drone shot because we almost lost the drone for a second time. Again. Well, <laughs> talking about surreal, right after this, we've got the Shimano Terrific Tech Tips with Jamo. Right after the break, Vandy. Welcome back to Trail Towns with Vandy and Dietz on SEN, and it's time for the Shimano Terrific Top Tech Tip with Jamo. Now, Jamo was a stand-up comedian on the Vegas Strip for 10 years doing his one-man show, Death of a Bike Mechanic, and invented the floss dance and the bottle flip. Did you really do all that, Van Jamo? <laughs> That's all true, Dieter, every word of it. How are you, fellas? We're doing What's really been going on in there? I've been waiting so long, I've ended up perusing the Giant Mountain Bikes website and I've selected the Giant XTC Advanced SL. Hardtail. Wow, have you seen that? Wow. Hardtail, yeah. I've got one coming to me in two weeks. I ordered it and I'm getting exactly that bike. That would be in my size. <laughs> Is that what you want for payment for this work? <laughs> what, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, this anyway. the, the, we'll contour it. We'll contour it. Your, your, your gems of actually, no, there's no value in that. No, we'll keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we better get on with it. I hope we've got plenty of time because I've got a mountain of material to get through. Oh, well, um, off, you, off you go then. The, the news on the hour might have to wait a few minutes, but that's not going to matter. No one's going to die. No. Now, uh, Paul, first thing. A welfare check. How are things going in there, working with Dieter? Look, he's an absolute delight, actually. Well, you would not believe it, but he's fantastic. (laughs) Well, you know, try to stick to that. But, um, you know, if you're having trouble, I'm always here. You can call me any time. Thank you. You know, if you're getting stressed out. And you wouldn't be the first. You know, years ago, Dieter used to work for BHP, doing media work. And I don't know, what, what... was your role in there, Dieter? He doesn't even well, know. I, I still no actually knows. do a bit of work. I have no idea. <laughs> no, they could, actually couldn't define what, what my role anyway, was. <laughs> they got him to um, produce a, an interview between Robert Gottliebson, the well-known financial journalist, Marius Kloppers, the CEO of BHP, and Don Argus, the chairman of the board of BHP. And um, during the interview, um, Dieter had to interrupt Gottliebson a few times and there was a bit of stress coming to the surface and then during a break I had the headphones on, the mics were still on and I heard heard Gottlieb's and say, well, what is it with this fellow Karsnitz? Who does he think he is? <laughs> and, <laughs> and Kloppers and Don Argus started laughing and he said, oh, what, what's so funny? And Marius Kloppers, CEO of BHP, Bill on at the time, said, Robert, it's 
it's all right for you. You've only got him for half an hour. We have to deal with him every day. <laughs> this is a man who's running an $80 billion company with 35,000 employees, and one of his major concerns is Dieter. <laughs> well, you know, actually, I was filming him 10 years after a certain point in time, and people were everywhere in this room, and he walks and he says, Dieter, I... I realised today it was 10 years since you left us. And I said, I didn't leave you, Morris. You sacked me. <laughs> Listen, let's talk actually about bikes. What have you got for us this week? Yeah, surely. Uh, what have we got? <laughs> Do you have anything? <laughs> He's scrambling through his notes. <laughs> well, why are Paul, we even Paul, here? I don't know if you know. Do you know that I used to be a member of the Victoria Police? <laughs> yes, actually, I, I actually do. There's a number of stories you told me. This is quite a long introduction and rather a short point to make, but nevertheless, um, you know, like all large organisations, the, the life of the guys and girls on the front line is usually pretty difficult. Um, but don't worry, there's always someone at the head office dreaming up ways to make it worse. And at the time, um, I was stationed at Fitzroy and some knucklehead at HQ came up with the idea of Cycle Safe, which was a, a program where we were meant to stop cyclists who were doing the right thing get their details and enter them into a competition to win, I think it was a bike and a set of riding gear or something like that. that I mean, the absolute last thing you want to do. Is that because you had so much time on your hands? I love it when the police pull me up to write my name down and enter me in a competition. I would not give my details. You'd love it, wouldn't you? You know, riding along, minding your own business, and the cops pull you over for a chat. You know, hello, how are you? <laughs> you sweaty palms. You just like, oh, no, what have I done this time? Needless to say, we got blasted for not giving out any cycle safe things. So, you know, we were driving up, um, I think it was George Street at about 10 o'clock one night, and we see a fellow come staggering out of the Builders Arms Hotel, jumps on a bike, rolls down George Street towards us on the wrong side of the road, no helmet, obviously intoxicated, and no lights. And when I stepped out of the van to stop him, he nearly ran me down. You know, I said, why didn't you stop? He said, I've got no brakes, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And he won the Cycle Safe Award? Obviously, this is our man. We selected him immediately, got his details and him, and I really hope that he won. (laughs) We're running out of time. What have you got for us? What is the, what is the point of your story? What is the rule of this week? <laughs> you need breaks. I mean, what's the you've point? You've got to have breaks. Oh, right. We finally get there. Oh, you've got to have breaks. I now understand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so is that, is, your talk, is that your tech tip for the week? You've got to have breaks. Uh, uh, that's the tech tip for the week. Check your brakes. Make sure they're working. And if you've got disc brakes, don't touch the rotors because the oil on your fingers is enough even to, to stop them from working well. And we're getting you on the show for those sorts of gems. Yeah, thank, thank you, you thank, Jamo, thank you. for the Shimano no, tech tip for the week. Have I got time for the golden rule? Yes, quick. It's a free country. That's what our fathers fought for. Although? Some on opposing sides. That's correct. <laughs> but seriously, um, <laughs> Remembrance mine. Day, November, <laughs> November 11th is coming up. So let's never forget that. What a great country we live in that, and that people gave a lot to fight for it. And, and just as a coincidence, I, I did try that line on a Parks Victoria Ranger who'd stopped me for some minor infringement. I didn't quite get the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamo, we'll catch you next week. We'll catch you next fantastic. week. Uh, hey, fantastic Thanks, then. It's that time again, mate. We're going to have to wrap it up. 
It just goes so quickly, doesn't it, Vandy? We need to thank Troy DeHuss, Darren Rutherford and Jamo for joining us on this week's episode. And if you ever want to talk to us, just jump on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're always up for a chat. We're having overwhelming reaction to our temper pillow question. It must be because the tempo pillows are just about the finest thing ever made by anyone, like ever. And and a lot of people want them, Bandy. So this week, Belinda Clark won, and her favourite trail name was Slippery Gypsy at Red Hill Mountain Bike Park, which I tried to ride the weekend. I couldn't because it was shut because of the storms. Anyway, <laughs> Bandy, what is the temper question for this week? The temper question for this week, and we want you to send in your best SOS story when you've been stranded out on a ride. Oh, no, that, that could be any time I've ever ridden anyone. So nobody nobody actually come and tell me when I when they've been riding with me because there are too many stories. So direct message on Instagram or Facebook and we'll put them all in a hat and pick one out. And thanks to our beautiful partners, Giant, Shimano, Nissan, Tempo, Quadlock and Tule, and to our producers, Ruby Bannerman and our studio producer, Michael Thompson. Ah, so thank you for tuning in to Trail Towns Radio and SEN. We'll catch you next week and you can have a listen over on the podcast on SEN or the SEN app or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want. It's everywhere. I've got one thing to say to you, Bandy. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, see you later. <laughs>